Hello and welcome back to the Comedy Podcast where we talk about movies, music, and anything else we want. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast episode. We really, really appreciate it. But you know what would make me appreciate it even more is if you guys would come out and support us for the KPSN Podcast Fest 2021 that is happening on July 10th and July 11th. It's going to be a um, COVID-friendly quarantine online space for all your favorite podcasts, including us, your new favorite podcast. And um, all of the proceeds will be helped for the fundraiser for the National Alliance on Mental illness because we know that quarantine has been you know tough on different levels for everybody tickets right now are five dollars and they'll be five dollars only up until may 31st then we hit june when tickets will go up to 15 dollars. but we really want to see you guys i would really love you guys to be there we're going to be doing a special interview a special podcast episode and you know we know y'all listen to us like even if y'all ignore us on twitter even if you ignore us on, TikTok, on TikTok, we know you're listening. I know there's somebody in Poland who's been going through our um, um, episodes. There was also somebody in India the other day who was just like, ooh, like, I know y'all are there. So we would hope to see you there so we can have a great, great, great time. That is, um, you can find more information about the podcast festival on our Twitter um, or our TikTok at C-O-M-M-N-T-D. Hello. Hello there. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. And today we bring you episode two of the death of Hollywood, the great migration. <laughs> um, in this episode, we're going to be talking more about the K-drama side of the great migration and just how it's affected the fandom for um, Hollywood, uh, people who are interested in Hollywood, people who are interested in South Korea entertainment. These are perspectives of a foreigner, so I would love to hear anybody's perspective who's actually like living in South Korea or South Korean who just like knows way much more than we do. This is just kind of our experience being in this pop culture space. If you haven't already listened to the first episode, I suggest you go do that because we're probably going to reference that in this one. Um, but yeah, so in our first episode, we kind of went over like the history of our history with K-pop, our history um, dealing with K-pop fandom. Um, we might have sounded a little conspiracy-theorist in the first half, but, you know, we, we were making points. Um, <laughs> we were making points. And on this half, we're going to talk about um, more of the K-dramas. So how did you get into K-dramas, Corey? Oh, I'm not into K-dramas, but I've watched, <laughs> like, uh, a few, a small amount. Mm-hmm. And usually it was, like, the ones that are... Like, I haven't watched any ones that are super... like like are straight up cringy and bad except for cheese in the trap all the ones i've seen the few i've seen i've been like really top tier so yeah yeah that's that's fine um yeah i don't you skipped all of the gateway dramas and bless you for that yeah i didn't watch any of the boys for flowers none of that like skipped right over it okay how did you get into dramas Mirren? um okay so i told y'all that i started watching which I'm pretty sure is a Thai drama, but that's Asian dramas. That's where it first started. And, Mm -hmm. but what happened is I was looking for my parents were people were hogging the TV in my house and I was done with that. Mm -hmm. And I had just, (laughs) I had an iPhone or an iPod or something. I was like, there has to be a way for me to watch shit on here. So I went Mm -hmm. on the Apple store and I was like, look something up. And for some reason, I don't know what compelled me to, I decided to download the Vicky app. Mm. And, I clicked on it, and what I think I remember, because it's been years now, is 
at the time I was reading the the manga Playful Kiss. I don't know if that's what it's yes. called, the manga version. Yes. But, and I think at the same time, that show had just started airing and it was being promoted on the Viki app. And I guess I recognized the name. And so I clicked on it and I started watching that mess. Um, and it's been <laughs> a long ride since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Nia? Um, I think mine was similar. Um, around the time I got into K-pop, so around 2011, 2012-ish, I also was just seeing that people were watching shows or I had seen idols in, like I had looked in idols and so I saw that certain idols were in Dream High, I saw certain idols were in like other dramas at the time, but I didn't watch that first. I saw Boys Over Flowers first. That was like the first drama I like stayed up all night to watch. Ooh. <laughs> Which is a waste of time a when I think back on time. it. But but like that was the first one I saw and I was like hooked after that. And then I was on Drama Fever. I made an account and I rest, rest in peace Drama Fever. <laughs> and then I also had a Vicky account. I didn't pay for it though, but then I was just watching dramas all the really trash cheesy ones like mm. playful kiss um like boys over flowers like like all the really cheesy ones i watched at first and i thought they were amazing so oh. i've been just watching them since <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah my experience is kind of um different from most people who get into k-dramas i want to say because a lot of people get into k-pop first and then into k-dramas i was definitely way into k-dramas before I had even thought about K-pop or anything like that. And so I my first movie was Antique Bakery. I still love that movie. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I think my first movie might have been The King of the Clown, which is why I love Lee Jun-ki so much. Um, but I started watching that. And then I, I want to say my first Korean drama was Full House Take Two. Was like... Take Two? After, <laughs> they had... They had a second one with a whole different cast and a whole oh, different yeah, story. I don't remember that one. I never finished it because I thought it was so bad. In my it opinion. was it was bad, but I watched the entire thing. I watched <laughs> the entire thing. I watched that. I watched all the. I watched pretty much most of the gateway dramas. Boys Over Flowers, Playful Kids. Um, I watched. Oh God, there was like what was that one where Dong Hae was the lead? It was like Panda and Hedgehog oh, or something like oh, that. Yeah. Was yes, like flower, flower boy ramen shop, <laughs> coffee prince, cop, coffee prince. So I watched all of that, and I was like, I can't get enough. And so um, I watched dramas day in and day out. And so my mom started screaming at me, like, Are you going to college? You might want to go to college. You might want to, you might want to do something with your life. Um, but K dramas have become a, a great comfort for me. They were definitely my Korean teachers before I stepped foot in a Korean classroom. I appreciate a Hollywood way for waking up the linguist in me who loves to learn about language. And so, yeah, I went from like K-dramas to Taiwanese dramas to Chinese dramas to Thai dramas. And it's just been kind of this endless repeating cycle of me just consuming Asian content. And so, yes. So um, the great migration that happened with K-dramas is a little interesting because I still feel like we're in the middle of it. Um, For those of you who don't, um, participate in K drama stand Twitter. Um, it's been interesting the past yeah c- 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 couple of years. Um, but I want to say I want to mark the Great Migration happening 
around 2018, 2017, 2016. Because Drama Fever died in 2018. And it's been up since 2009. And Warner Brothers can go fall in a fork for that. Because they <laughs> bought Drama hurt. Fever. Yeah, <laughs> that, that whole thing <laughs> made zero sense. Like, they bought it just to let it die. <laughs> like, what the heck? Yo, I remember that... Um... I was I was at my friend's place because in my opinion, I thought drama fever is where you went if you wanted to watch crime dramas. For some reason I feel like Vicky didn't carry those. <laughs> so I went to they Drama Fever and I went to go watch my little show and it would not load up. Search up Drama Fever has been shut down. What? I've never yeah, seen it. Was, <laughs> it was a sad day. It was a sad day for the drama community because we were like, Drama Fever, what? But, like, um, a lot of people who get into K-pop um, will also get into K-dramas. Now, here's the funny thing for me is that I was watching K-dramas. And then when I started getting into K-pop, I was like, why are these faces so familiar? Come to find out that the actors that I had been seeing in dramas were actually idols. Like, You're Beautiful, the whole cast was SM. The whole cast was SM <laughs> idols. <laughs> the whole cast. I watched Who Are You? Taekyung was in 2PM. I was like, Minnow is in a group called Shiny. He raps? What is hap- What? <laughs> what kind of inception have I entered into? And so um, in 2018, when Drama Fever died, this is when Vicky got more licensing for more dramas because Vicky and Drama Fever were the two places where he would go to watch dramas legally and they were always fighting for licenses. And if they didn't have it, you'd find it somewhere else, you know? And so after that, Netflix, this is when I feel Netflix started to get more K-dramas because if you look on Netflix now, they literally have a section called K-drama, right? Before yeah, it was yeah. just Asian dramas. Or and international content or something. They had like four dramas on there and it wasn't popping. But now that Netflix has come up with K-dramas, we have entered a different elitist phase of K-drama watching. Now, before, before 2018... Oh, does somebody want to say something? Yeah, yeah. real quick. Okay, mm-hmm. so like... I'm trying to think of when I first started seeing more K-dramas on Netflix because it wasn't with Kingdom. Before that, they put Memories of Alhambra, Alhambra on, there, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that yeah, had freaking, did. um, what's his name in there? Like that real famous actor. Wombin. Yeah. No, yeah, not, hun- no, not Oh, Hyunbin. 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 Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of the bins. Yeah. One of the bins. <laughs> yeah. So... That, I just wanted to point that out because I remember seeing like yeah yeah suddenly it, out of nowhere these super high production dramas on there yeah yeah Netflix was realizing that um the Hollywood way was getting bigger and they was like we should we should take some of this money and it's so funny because people think that Netflix makes those drama no Netflix pays the check to get them made and that's about it like yeah, the writer away. <laughs> the writer from Kingdom was like I can literally write anything in this script and Netflix will still take it I was like I bet they would you know how much money they bring them every time you decide to release a drama um so most of these dramas are in-house made in South Korea but I think it's also interesting to point out that I want to say Nia I don't know if you remember which year this was 2016 maybe 2018 was when mm-hmm. China banned Korean um, pop culture from being on TV. 2016. Be- mm-hmm. Yeah, 2016. And then um, because of that, the entire drama industry flipped on its head. I don't think people ever realized that because there was so yeah. much Chinese money in the production of Korean dramas. They now had to figure out a way to domestically fund dramas um, and find um, money elsewhere because China was like, eh, we don't want your shit on our TV anymore. <laughs> like... Isn't Period that when they like, started randomly like splitting dramas in like half, like instead yes. of it being like yeah. 
Yes, yeah, yes. 30 so, minute so, episodes instead of hour long. Yeah, so 16 episode dramas were turning into 32 episode dramas because they had to add more ads in how in drama PPLs and product placements became much more commonplace in dramas. You know them them, them casually eating at Subway is not them casually eating at Subway. <laughs> that is a product placement. All of the little coffee shops, the little the make the ones that kill me are the beauty products. They'd be like, yes, this is yeah. so <laughs> this is so moisturizing and tantalizing. And I'm like, babe. And they'll write it into the script too. They'll be like, oh, what are you using on your face? Yeah. Oh yes, you know it's this brand new product from it's the coffee one for me. The shot of the coffee bag and then like, mm, wow, it just wakes me up. Like what? Oh, or like <laughs> vacuum cleaners and stuff like that. We were like, Y'all have to get your money. We're not mm. even mad about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. So um, for those of you who don't know, the Hollywood wave, um, the wave of South Korean media being um, consumed by different countries, literally did start with dramas. It started with big dramas like um, the remaking of Meteor Garden, the um, um, Winter Sonata, all of these really 90s, really dramatic um, uh, K-dramas. Stairway to Heaven, I think, was one of them that got real big. But one of the ones that kind of led the the more younger generation of um, of dramas are what we call gateway dramas. Those of us who were getting into dramas during like 2013, 2014, and Vicky and Drama Fury was like, hey, we think you like to watch Boys Over Flowers. Hey, we think you like to watch Playful Kids. And when I tell you that gateway K-dramas really are the downfall of a lot <laughs> that happens. <laughs> In Korean dramas, they were literally like somebody literally put a a, scre- a little a meme or something um on K drama Twitter a few weeks ago where they it's sixteen episodes and they literally broke down the entire plot of a sixteen episode rom com and I was like I want to throw this entire structure out the fucking window if I have to watch if I have to read a synopsis and they mention if the tags say love triangle it's immediately off my list I literally <laughs> I'm petty enough to put it in my not interested list on MDL. Like, y'all are not about to have me sitting here watching a man who definitely has friends on himself into thinking that he can fuck the female lead because they're friends. Like, I, I can't do it anymore. Like, and y'all, I don't think I'll even realize how problematic, like, early 2000s K-dramas was. There's, like, incest adjacent oh, plots. Come on. Oh, my God. is so bad. Like, like <laughs> so bad. Like, and, like, so, and, like... <laughs> male leads just being assholes like pure garbage like like grabbing wrists oh dragging my girls God. all over the place like, <laughs> being mad you want to talk about something that triggers me have the male lead grab the female lead by the wrist as she doesn't punch him in the face i'm like this is not romantic this right here is not cute like what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing and so as, you know, dramas got more popular and a lot of um, idols started showing up in dramas, people started, you know, getting into the more K-drama space. They're like, hold up, wait. We don't have to sub- um, subsequent or submit to the Western 10 dramas for seven years, 10 seasons for seven years format. I think that's the appeal <laughs> for a lot of Asian dramas for people. It's like, it's one story. It's done in like max 20 episodes. And I don't have to hold my heart and hang my hat for season two like we really do i think that was um what made a lot of dramas really popular to people and so 
after we got into 2016 is where I say we started to get the great migration of people who were getting into K-pop who then got into K-dramas or people who were like in the anime and finding out about K-dramas. But you know what that made? That made everybody and their mama, everybody and their mama think that 2016 K-dramas is the peak of K-drama cinematic um, production. And if I see one more tweet on Twitter <laughs> where they post four dramas from 2016, he's like, oh, 2016 dramas just hit different, bitch. I will. What? I don't even know what dramas came out. Like, I've watched so many. I don't even know what ones Wasn't came out. Wasn't that the era of, like, Tunnel and Save Me, all, all that kind of stuff? Like, the time yeah. travel ones oh, and really? all that stuff. That's, yeah, those all I, yeah. came out. That's when I was watching, like, a little bit of <laughs> K-dramas. Yeah, they were hitting. So, but I mean, I hear what you're saying, Tori. Like, like that's not the best of, it, of the best, but like, I there are good dramas though that came out in that year. Yes. Wow, that was that's five signal. Years ago. That's goblin. That's weightlifting fairy. That's dear my. That's descendants yeah, of the well, goblin. A lot of big, goblin big, doesn't big deserve Doctor the Romance. Doctor Romance. See, I think signal lovers. deserves. But I don't think Goblin and oh, Weightlifting yeah. Fairy deserve. Oh yeah, people talk about how problematic a nine hundred year old man falling in love. With oh high yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember people talking about it back when it first happened because it was like even on Korean news they were like, um, this is a little weird. Yeah, W came out during <laughs> this year. Like this was the year of, and people are just like they romance this this era of K dramas, and I'm like, but why? <laughs> We've got the Legend of the Blue Sea. <laughs> Another Miss O was kind of popping. Five Enough was kind of popping, but like Love in the Moonlight, it's it's like mm. they're all men in like the grand scheme of things. They really they are. Just visually looked really good, but a lot of them were just ugh. plot wise. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, hidden. Not... Like W halfway through, I was like, all right, I've seen enough. Oh, doctors, yeah, W doctors, like oh, oh god. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of what those had in common is like you saw an, a clear elevation in budget. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like they definitely had more money. Yes. And it looks, those I guess those dramas from that time do look significantly crisper, like cleaner, more high value. But like, honestly, if you want to see some good K-drama romances, tell me why the early 2000s was kind of hitting, <laughs> like in terms of plot. Now, styling and, and all that stuff, I can't talk about it, but like... <laughs> Really, I think people were just loving that the big name actors were really acting yes. for that period of time, and then they kind of but you know, just been in movies. But do you know? But yes, that's what I'm about to say. You know, what the funny thing is that a lot of the big name actors that acted in a series during this time went back to movies and didn't come the fuck back <laughs> until like last year because of COVID. <laughs> like, right? And I right right. And so we have this thing now that Netflix has picked up more K dramas, like. I call this the Great Migration Part 2, is that COVID and Netflix decided that people were going to... Some people, I won't say all of you, some people were like, K-pop fans in particular, were just like, oh, well, maybe I am calling y'all out. Um, we're just like, um, <laughs> um, K-pop is so messy, it's so competitive, so I'm going to come to K-drama Twitter. And then they don't change their behavior and then in a month, they're like, why is K-drama Twitter so petty? Why are we have all this arguing? Da -da 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 -da. Like, there was a significant rise in the amount of people who were in their own echo chambers. And then they would come across opinions that don't matter to them. And then they would take it as a personal fucking attack against them. 
when I'm just like, this drama was cool, but I don't think it was the best. And let me like critique it a little bit. And people were like, oh my God, like if you don't like the actor, just say that. Like, why are you being a hater? And I'm just like, where is this energy coming from? Because I swear my timeline a year ago was not like this. People were disagreeing. We'd fight about opinions all the time. We'd be like, cool, we're still like mutuals. It's, it's still buddy buddy. But somehow the fandom has changed it to people being like, if it's not on Netflix, then it's not worth watching. Like, like somebody that's weird it's really weird it's really weird behavior Mary, were you gonna say something well, i was gonna say if you don't make a vicky account and <laughs> shows on there, the only thing i will say is if you now you have to pay for vicky which is really annoying if yes you've been there when you didn't have to pay for vicky so if you're already paying and they still don't pay their subtitlers vicky like, and they don't pay raccoon and then so like oh, raccoon vicky it's weird <laughs> if you're already have Netflix and you know dramas on Netflix and I guess you don't want to pay for another subscription but if you want more content I would definitely go to Vicky yeah and so people are like there's that and then like I saw like it's crazy to me when people were being like Bay Donna is so underrated Baydona? Baydona? She's been in a bunch of movies internationally and in Korea. What do you mean she's underrated? There was like whole discourse on my timeline because we were like, y'all know Baydona's been acting since like the 90s, right? She's like an award winning. She's in a whole ass Marvel movie too? Yes. Am I wrong? But people didn't know her until like Kingdom and things like that. So they're like, oh my God, she's so underrated. I'm like, just because you saw her one drama on Netflix yeah. doesn't mean she's underrated, babe. That is not what people be like. People will like literally name award-winning actresses and be like, "Oh my god, such and such is so underrated." And we're like, "No, <laughs> what? <laughs> what?" I think that's what the. I think the problem is like we talked yesterday is like these new people come in, probably young, like most likely very young, mm-hmm. and well, not all of them, but like I feel like for a while it was almost a stereotype that drama watchers internationally were women over 30 yes if that makes yes, sense yes, 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 like yes. i remember being in the vicky comments like 10 years ago and seeing like like people ask how old are y'all and they'd be like 48 <laughs> 35 and i'm like wow am i the youngest here but like that's i feel like that's changed because k-pop has gotten viral now people are like oh let me go into anything korean and then they're like oh let me watch the dramas and they're bringing that same energy to cape to the drama space yeah it's it's quite the 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 conundrum to me and it and it and 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 because of that like no change in behavior like you're bringing the behavior that you were using in one fandom space to another and you're not self-reflecting or um correcting yourself we get a lot of people that are like just defending the most ridiculous things for instance vincenzo was a great k-drama that just came out and ended a few weeks ago me and Marin both watched it we did a review on it go watch that episode but there's an entire homophobic arc that happens in this drama really a whole home like like very like trying to make the viewers uncomfortable with this character being gay and people were like really making excuses they were just like well you know in the mafia they kill gay people so we're agreeing that the character is homophobic we're agreeing that vincenzo is homophobic we're saying the same thing it's like no he's not homophobic he just didn't want to he didn't want to what he literally looked at this man every five minutes and then turned to his partners and being like oh oh my god i hate this then bitch why are we doing it why are we doing oh, it? I said and this people before. try to. Mm. Sorry, it's it's a 
Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Marion. No, I said I said this in the episode. I was like, Vincenzo out here killing people without even blinking an eye, like without even blinking. And him, all he had to do was talk to this man was making him disgusted. What? Like, yeah, wow. It, yeah. No, that's problematic. It's very, it's highly problematic. And so when we start to critique these dramas, like, like I for one hate age gaps. We talk about this all the time between the physical actor. And the characters, I hate age gaps. And so when dramas like Backstar Rookie, Backstreet Rookie come out, and there's this whole conundrum about these extremely young actresses who just turned 20, like just turned 20, acting with men who are tw- two times their age. And I'm like, I don't like this. And the people will be like, oh, if you just hate the actress, just say that. I don't hate her, babe. She's a victim. She shouldn't have to. I don't think she should be yeah. acting with an actor she literally just turned 21 just turned 21 yeah see that's which is weird to me because i feel like i mean i guess because we kind of exist in our own echo chamber like i always pay attention to really when crime dramas come out or when like something with like a a interesting supernatural plot or something comes out in my occasional rom-com that's like supernatural but like I, I guess it's because there's so many folks who only watch the, the cheesy rom-com dramas, yes. like the ones that are clearly problematic. And it's like, I don't know why they're so popular. Cause it's like, they're not, they're not building off of each other and like being more progressive or being more like they, they're literally, if you take a drama from like 15 years ago or like 10, if you take copy prints or you take boys over flowers and then you compare it to like, what's that one true beauty. Mm-hmm. Like, how much has changed? Like, really, how much has changed in terms of plot, story, framing, all that stuff? Yeah. Not and much. It has, and the thing is, is, like, people... And then when you, like, critique the way that the relationships work, the way that the drama is written, people are just always like, well, then don't watch it. It's like, if I watched it, I have the right to critique it. And people will be like, what if the actors see this? What if they yeah. get their feelings <laughs> They don't hurt? care about what we say. No, these <laughs> actors are making $10 million an episode. Don't give a fuck what I say about on Twitter.com. They don't. They don't care. <laughs> and, you think, and you know what's crazy? They don't even, like, people on my drama list thinking, like, oh, what if the actors see? Like, they're, you think they're going to be on my drama <laughs> list in their free time? <laughs> Y'all, these people are busy. They are working. They don't care about what we right. say. Right. And so, like, there's people that refuse, like, people, like, my biggest problem with a lot of pop culture is that people refuse to critique the media they watch. And I know that sometimes you don't always mm. have to get in depth with things. But there, if there's problematic shit staring you in the face, and you ignore it, that's not gonna make it go away. And I think, no. and the reason that I do get upset about a lot of these rom- rom-coms using younger um, women and extremely older men is that they're targeting a certain group of people, especially with rom-coms that like have the, the, rom- the romance is the main part. And it, and, and it contributes to people um, thinking that South Korea is some kind of fantasy land where they're gonna meet a rich third generation table on the streets and get and love like <laughs> it it contributes to the korean delulu behavior and i'm not saying that south korea should stop making rom comedies i'm just saying that maybe we should stop incorporating the problematic portions of rom-coms and you know think about that like why are we like there's no reason that male leads should be emotion trauma dumping on female leads like when female leads have no agency yeah. anything like that and there's absolutely no reason a child actress a child actress should be acting with somebody who is 10 years her senior and i think it's right that's it's people weird. are okay with it in korea i think because um well 
youth and beauty is monopolized, but also because um, they're like they debuted as children, so they're technically seniors in the industry. Like some of these very young female child actors have been acting since they were like seven, and so they don't see yeah. them as children. They see them more as adults because they've been but in the industry. Still they're children. still children, and so um, it's. It's crazy because people be like, "What I saw a tw- when I see tweets that be like, damn, I wish the boys around me acted more like K-drama leads.'" And I'm like, "What? Huh? Huh? Do y'all want a man <laughs> to be emotionally abusive to you? Excuse me? Like cuz honestly, a lot of the things they do in these dramas if you break it down really, if if a guy did not look the way he looked while doing it, like if he was just if he wasn't a supermodel looking man, you would call the cops." Like, if he's actively stalking you, if he's trying to, like, follow you home, if he's, like, trying to see where you work and showing up at your workplace and you're not even dating and giving you flowers. Like, that's that's stalker behavior. Jail time. And it's, like, crazy because, like, I come back to Ayers. I will continue to make Ayers my scholastic mess. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I just, oh, my God. That show should have been taken down immediately. How are you going to make children watch this? This is not fun. <laughs> what? And it was trending in South Korea because people were like, ooh, Lee Min Ho, Park Shin Hae, Kim Woo Bin, Kong Kong, like all these up and coming actors. And I'm like, you know what pisses me off the most about Ayers is that we will never get those actors in a project together again because they were <laughs> together in Ayers. That pisses me off so much. <laughs> like, they really had Homegirl living in this house. And this man that she met in the United States shows up at her front door because she doesn't know that he actually lives in the house. And her first thought is like, oh my God. You have you can't be here. You can't let the 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 boy that lives in this house see you. And I'm like, bitch, you didn't tell him what your home address was, huh? Baby, he he should have known where you live. Why is why is she not like what the fuck are you doing in front of my house? Like I was like, oh wait 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 like the like the the like oh we're gonna have to do an Ares episode. I'm gonna make myself rewatch the first episode because like. It's just so problematic. And then the drama just continues to be like, here's a love triangle with one manipulative emotional abuser and then a physical abuser. Who is she going to choose? That's crazy. Like, who is she going to choose? And I'm like, what's weird? Go ahead, Marin. Emotional or like being closed off or something. Nothing. Nothing beats playful kiss. Not even boys with flowers. He was delusional. He thought this woman wanted him when she did. Playful kiss. She was obsessed with him for no reason. Like nothing. I feel like playful kiss. His character was just awful. The way he, like, basically pushed himself away from her, even though, and then she was obsessed with him. And the very last minute, when she had decided that she no longer wanted to deal with him after years of high school, of like waiting for him to say that he loved her he finally decides that that they're gonna get married holds her hand brings her to their house and tells his parent that we are getting married what he's been emotionally huh? abusive the entire time <laughs> oh my god it was so bad i read the manga yeah. too yeah, yeah no it was i actually re i watched the thai version and i thought it would be better <laughs> it's the better one out of all of them though because they actually give us his thoughts yeah. but like playful kiss she literally decided she wanted to become a nurse just because her boyfriend was going to become a doctor oh i was like God. that is that is not okay <laughs> that's it's so many like tropes that people use as romantic or they code it as romantic but in reality it's like do y'all not know what a healthy relationship looks like like why are you so into this idea of a guy being extra controlling over what you do and Mm -hmm. like 
wanting to be actually like physical like the dudes that would like throw the girl up against the side of a brick wall on the street and then kiss her it's like y'all want this like (laughs) non-consensual skinship i'm like you want men to just like stalk you like that's what's right. happening in a lot of this. They just but stalk it's okay because he looks good. It's okay because he's right. fine, right? And that's that's my biggest problem with a lot of people who look at K dramas. I think that it's an equivalent to what happens in South Korea because, like, just because your favorite actor is wearing the, just because a problematic character is wearing the face of your favorite actor does not deter deter from that character still being problematic. Like people are right. just like Kim Won Bin. I hope to God he doesn't act like Choi Young Do and Ayers. I hope to God he doesn't push women in pools and berate them and be emotional. But y'all, I, I, oh my God, I viscerally remember watching Ayers and the comments being like, she's just like, I don't understand why she's pushing him away. Like, he's really not even that bad. He's being abused by his dad and he was abusing other people. Like, just because yeah. he was under abuse doesn't mean you get to abuse other people. <laughs> like, exactly. People are like he's just like a broken soul. He needs to go fix- to therapy. <laughs> I think more K drama men in therapy. See, that's what I'm saying. If you got to see a rom com where you're dating a guy who has emotional trauma from his parents, and you get to see him go through therapy and try to better himself, okay, healthy. We like to see growth, but we're never gonna get that. <laughs> we're gonna get oh, I have trauma, so I'm going to beat you up or I'm going to grab your wrist and drag you all around the place. Yeah, and this is not us saying that the K-drama family wasn't problematic before the Great Migration. It was. It just, the Great Migration amplified it. It amplified. People are still fans of Kim Hyunjin, and I don't understand that. Like, oh my God. It's, I don't, do people have no sense of self-respect because like, how are you going to stand a man who is an abuser himself? And you wonder, it's like, of course he played abusive characters because in the pot meat kettle, I hate it. But it's like, but on your point, Tori, I was also thinking about how it's weird that the one the dramas that go viral are the ones that are the more toxic ones. It's like the more problematic it is, the more famous it is. And yes. yet the ones that are actually might show something that's kind of regular, they kind of get thrown by the wayside. And I'm like, why? I don't want, I don't get it. It's 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 the thing of like the quality of dramas have gone up, but the quality of the fandom has deteriorated immensely, in my opinion, because like People like even like the racism that was in like Backstreet Wookie and in Taewon class, and when Black K drama fans were speaking out about how this is gross and a misrepresentation of most people, fans would be like, "I can't." And, like I'm, people would be like, "I was disappointed in Tanji Wook for participating in Backstreet Rookie when they had a completely racist, a completely racist depiction of what a Black man like. They had this character be tan, have dreads. They had flies flying out of his locks. He was, um. Um, a manga artist who did explicitly disgusting like sexual art and stuff like that and i'm like i don't think i'll watch another project with jitan wook in it and people are like why are you disappointed in him and da, 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 da. it was the writers i was like he still participated in the script right. he was still an actor in the show like i don't what what do you, people are like well i just don't think you don't think me what it's just like people are just so ready to go to bat for men people that they don't know people that yeah. you don't know they're too invested in people's lives that have nothing to do with their own. It's like you, you standing this actor, they taking like K-pop standing behavior and applying it to actors. And it's like, y'all realize they're just saying like, they're human beings too. Like they're not going to be these perfect, what you call perfect men you see on TV. Like they're no, they're far from that. Like, isn't, I haven't kept up with a lot of what's going on, but I have seen some headlines about certain actors that have, that people have found out that are like bullies 
in real life or have been bullies. Yeah. And people were like, like, oh, how, how could he? It's like, y'all don't know these people. Like, you don't know their history. How can you say, how could he? You don't know anything's possible. You don't know them. Right. And it's, it's, the, it's the idea that, like, people think that... I just don't understand how people think that they can watch a Korean drama and think that it actually... This is what, what Korea is actually like. Like, the South Korean laws on sexual assault are zero to none. Zero to to none like the laws like the sentencing for people who get drunk and kill people it's like a fine it's like a fine and mm-hmm. people are just like south korea is just like wonderland is south korea probably safer than a lot of countries sure but it's not ideal especially to your foreigner ass like who can't even right. speak and, korean and only safer in one way like it's like of course like in people think safe equals i'm no one's gonna steal my stuff but like is it safe to use a public restroom not knowing if there are cameras around? You know, like that Come kind on. of stuff. <laughs> Dif- different kind of safety. Like y- you can say it's safe for one thing, but it also can be completely unsafe for something else. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know. And I don't know if it's going to get, it's not going to get any better because Netflix is just going to yeah. put more dramas on their site. And people are going to consume them. And we're still going to have these dynamics and this discourse. And I, I have just, a question. Yes. No, I would just, this is just me being extra curious, but like since drama fever went out of business or it got bought out by Warner brothers and they shut it down, which was and drama fever, arguably kind of was bigger than Vicky. If you want to say in terms of traffic, like so I'm wondering if the bigger Netflix gets, will Vicky phase out over time? Mm. Well, Vicky doesn't pay their subverse. So that's a problem. Yeah, um, but I wonder, like, will that will like the last marker of like what uh, what? Oh yeah, but yeah, they don't just have K dramas on Vicky. They have Chinese dramas yeah. and Thai dramas and a lot of different movies and stuff. No, but to like um, answer your question, yeah, I definitely think that um, Vicky will probably stand the test of time, just because it hosts uh, so much other countries dramas and movies and they're like doing a lot of dynamic stuff and like variety shows like a lot of variety shows that netflix doesn't have that's like one of the only places a lot of people can watch variety shows fully subbed if it's not done by fans Mm. so vicky would probably be one of the only og sites to like stand the test of time but like i don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens when we're like officially out of quarantine like will people continue to be k-drama fans or was this like a phase? Because I'm hoping it's a phase. I hope yeah, I feel like home. for some it's a phase, for sure. Like they're yeah. bored and they want something to watch. But once they, once like America, I guess, starts pumping out shows the way we used to, I guess. Or, I mean, shows are still coming out. But like, they're slower pace, I guess. Not as many every day. So, I mean, yeah, when that happens, I think it'll change. people are just at home. Mm-hmm. in general now they have more time to watch k-dramas because like watching k-dramas is different than watching american shows you have to actually sit and pay attention because you have to read to understand what's going on yeah. so mm-hmm. i feel like once people start going back in the office a bit more having a little less free time than they have now it probably will not be as many people watching as there is right now mm. a very good point a very good point um but yeah i mean 
this is the end of the series for now, but we're always ready to talk about Hollywood and the pop culture effects and how it affects us and affects the world and the outcomes and the predictions for the future. Um, I am interested to see that a lot of big name actors are coming back to the small screen. Like, that's really interesting to me because movies can't be like made made like they were before. So a lot of big time movie actors have been like doing dramas as of recently. So I'm interested to see. I know we're supposed to get a lot of good dramas um, this year. And there's a lot of um, the dramas of production for next year. And I hope people don't think this is attacking people like new K-drama fans. We're not attacking you, babe. We just want you to, to widen your um, your thought process. Um, critiques against dramas are not haters. <laughs> and like to realize that um, critiquing media is a form of life. And oh, my other point that I didn't um, talk about was just how there was an article that came out the other day. Just how interesting it is that. Um, variety shows, music, and movies are very popular, but literature is also a part of Korean entertainment and media, but it's not popular because it depicts the actual, what South Korea is, people living in South Korea. So, that's always something interesting to think about. Like, if you're really into South Korea, would you pick up a book about South Korea that doesn't romanticize it? Ask yourself that. And I know people don't, a lot of people are like, well, I just want to watch stuff to watch stuff. That's fine. But when you start bringing in real world issues like social justice and hate crimes and, you know, just, you know, real dynamics that happen in the real world, you have to realize the consequences. Um, you have to realize the consequences of um, desiring things in dramas that, that could be very harmful to you in real life. Mm-hmm. Yes um but yeah thank you guys again for watching this episode we really appreciate all the listens i think what are we doing next <laughs> I, know. I know we said something uh, saturday I think morning mean- but i don't remember what it is i think we're doing another yeah. general episode uh, a general yeah. episode and yeah I think me and decor you're gonna do an anime one we haven't we were gonna do helsing but i don't know what we're gonna do uh we may not we may pick something else but right yeah, it's on the docket Right, right. So yeah, so make sure you just follow us on Twitter at C O M M N T D and TikTok at Commented Podcast. Um, for any updates, we hope to see you guys at the K pop um the K pop podcast festival. Uh and until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decorio. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.